Hi, everybody. My name is Zahir Zorgati. I'm the frontman lead singer of the band Mirath. And you're listening to Mars Attacks. one and all to episode 173 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this week, this episode, we have a return of the interviews. Um, I was looking this up after interviewing Zahir from Mirath. Um, when was the last time I did an interview? And I looked it up. The last interview I conducted, and it wasn't released, <laughs> was in June Two years ago, 2017. Uh, and then afterwards, I realized, wait a second, I've interviewed um, Eric Kluber, of currently of Void Vader. I've interviewed, you know, the guys from Decibel Geek, stuff like that. But I've had them on the show so often that, you know, it's almost like having another co-host on or having a co-host on. There's, you know, there is no other co-host. Anyway, so... So this is cool, yeah. So essentially, here's how this came about, and I'll explain it again during the interview. You'll hear me say it. I write for TalkingRock.net, and one of the things that I do is do the new releases. And one of the things that I thoroughly believe in is checking out new music, whether that's new bands, whether it's albums by bands that you love, and... You know, what I do is is I try to check out if a band has a video associated to one of their releases and it's pretty easy for me to come by, I'll check it out. And, and you know, I, I checked Mirath out when their album came out uh, a little while back. And, um, and I saw the video Born to Survive and I was like, what the hell is this? You know, this... The, this is ridiculous. Look at all these people that they have at this show. And and Zahir is going to get into exactly, you know, where that footage came from, how many people were there, so on and so forth. But I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. And the site that I, you know, got my information from labeled them as a progressive band. And instantly, you know, I'm not a huge fan of progressive metal. Uh, there are some things that I really like, and there are others that, you know, I'm kind of, you know, uh, passe on. And and I listened to this, and I was like, wow, it instantly grabbed me because it was, you know, the melodies are really cool. The, um, you know, the just everything about what I had listened to was cool with this songboard to survive. And instantly I saw, wow, look, they have other videos for this album. And then these videos look like, they look like movies. They looked as if you were watching, like, something out of The Mummy, let's say, or like Indiana Jones. Uh, it was ridiculous. They looked so cool. It looked very well done, very well produced. And, you know, you go through that YouTube rabbit hole and you realize that they have a video for the song Dance, which I featured 
you know, a little, a few episodes back. Um, they had a video for No Holds Barred, and this all was like a storyline arc that started with the video for the track Believer from a previous album. So it really, really uh, blew me away. And, you know, this has been, their songs have been in my playlist of things for 2019 that I've really dug. And it was one of those things, you know, I, I go back and forth all the time. And if you're in the Mars Attacks Facebook group, you'll see that I thanked a bunch of different people, a bunch of different podcasters, you know, Mark Striegel, who, you know, I do the Patreon stuff with and do Talking Rock with, um, Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show, Bob Nalbandian from Shockwave Skull Session, all his great documentaries that he's released. Uh, also Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek and Richie from Focus on Metal. You know, these guys are people that I listen to all the time and hear them interview people. And I think, you know, what do I have to add? These guys, you know, what's the point in me interviewing people? If these guys have the bases covered, they, you know, they're doing a lot of great interviews and they're getting a lot of really cool information out of people. You know, what do I really have to add? And... On the um, on Mark Striegel's Patreon, there's someone by the name of Steve Saylor, who I hope is listening. Steve, we 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 get our answer for you know what type of metal <laughs> uh, Zahir considers them to be, and yeah, Steve was like, "All right, how about you or or Mark interview these people?" And a lot of times, you know, it it kind of sucks because, and and I always go back to this. Uh, when I was part of the Cast Iron Ring, I'd interviewed Udo. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone was interviewing Udo. And it kind of sucks because it, you know, dilutes things. And, and I had held off. I was like, all right, I'm going to wait like a month to release this. Because it still helps the artist. Because let's be honest, they're still promoting a tour. They're still promoting an album. So regardless whether you put an interview out, you know, at least in in my opinion, you know, I'm 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 not talking metal. Talking metal gets all these exclusives and things, so I understand they have to get things out in a fast, rapid fire type type situation. But I still think you know, helping uh, putting out an interview, you know, two, three weeks, even four weeks after it was initially conducted, it still helps promote a band in their album because let's not forget that album doesn't disappear. It isn't one of these free giveaways where oh, you know, you have to jump on it before the end of the month or it's gone. So I still, you know, I still feel like I'm doing my part to, to promote them. So, you know, Steve Saylor suggests, you know, why don't you interview these people? And, and I thought, you know, well, Mirath really hasn't been mentioned on any of these shows. I really love the album. Let me see what I can do. And, you know, it found out that I did a little research. The, their PR person in the States is someone that I, you know, receive emails from frequently. And I was like, shit, let's, let me give it a try. It, it took a little bit to get everything together, but we finally did it. And I got to talk to him for about an hour. I got to talk to him about a little bit about his history, the band's history, the new album Shahili by Mirath. And I got to talk to him for the Classic Album Series, folks. I haven't forgotten. This is still the 10th anniversary of me podcasting, so uh, I'm still releasing that. It, it's going to be... It, I'm going to start, or at least the intention is, around the time that it's the 10th anniversary of Mars Attacks, which is September. Episodes for this will be coming out. 
So, um, hold tight. I know I've been saying this for a long time, but I promise this, this, it, it, the episodes will be out there. So he did, if you listen to the episode, he name drops a band that will be featured. Uh, you can kind of guess because I think there's a band that really kicked off what a lot of these bands do, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, um, I want to get into a little sound sample of the track Born to Survive uh, because it's really what got me, you know, got me interested in the band. And sorry, folks, I know that the band's been around for 15 years. I'm late to the fucking party. I realize this. But I think in the end, regardless whether you jump on, you know, a band's bandwagon per se, whether you know, it's important that you love their music and it's important that you support the bands that you love. If there's any song here that you enjoy, purchase the album, go out in the streaming services, play this shit out of it to make sure that they're able to get you know to get the, the publicity uh that they need. Uh, because I really think this is one of the strongest things that I've heard this year. And like I said, I'm not a big prog guy, but shit, this and the new Arch Matthias albums. Or two of the best things that I've heard this year, and they're both "quote unquote" classified as prog metal, you know, some some way or another. Uh, but all right, so let's get into a little sound sample of the track "Born to Survive," and then we're gonna jump right into uh, the interview with Zahir from Miraf. <laughs> Welcome to the latest episode of Mars Attacks podcast. Uh, we have a special guest here that a lot of listeners have been asking me to interview someone from the band Mirath, and we're lucky enough to have lead singer uh, Zahar on the phone with us. Um, yeah. How are you, sir? Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I am doing well. And yeah. 
uh, Mirath to me is a band that um, I'm I'm late to the party with you guys. Um, I was lucky enough that I do an article every Friday based on new releases, and when the album came out uh, a few weeks back, um, I was checking out all the albums that were coming out, and I saw the video for Born to Survive, and I was like, holy shit, who... Who's this? And I started, you know, it was one of those things where you, you find a band for the first time on on YouTube on and YouTube. you start checking out all the videos and everything and, and I yeah. was hooked. Um so I oh, apologize well. <laughs> if if some of my questions are um are are going back to the band's history, but I want to introduce ah, okay. you to, no, to everyone. No so Okay. No problem, no problem. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um so one of my first things, this is something that I've been going back and forth with uh, one of the listeners of the show, and okay. this is probably, as a kid, being introduced to Led Zeppelin, listening to how they always infused Arabic music within yes. what they've done, the first yeah. thing that I thought of, and it's something that I've always loved, the first thing that I thought of, wow, these guys are an Arabic band, but... Yeah. The listener was arguing, saying no, that you're an Oriental band. Um, so I wanted to ask you directly: How do you classify the band's music? Uh, we classify it as uh, a blazing desert metal. Okay. So, uh, so at first they said that we are uh, Arabic band, and then they said Oriental band. And um, because it depends, because we are in North Africa, we are right. North African band. Um, because to you, to the European, when they say Oriental band, that means that the band uh, comes from uh, uh, Orient, which is uh, for them Orient is uh, Persia or uh, Middle East or okay. or uh, or the uh, Far Orient, like China and right. uh, Japan, mm-hmm. but. But we come from uh, North Africa, which is not Orient. But we play the sonorities that we play. Um, um, it's uh, it's due to our uh, historical and uh, and um, cultural, you know, legacy uh, right. and musical legacy, which is a mix of uh, different civilization. You know, Tunisia. Uh, has three thousand years old, right? So of of history and uh, civilization. So um, uh, at first, you know, um, it started with uh, the Carthaginian with Carthage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I guess in the, in the USA uh, there is a place called Carthage too, right? Uh, and um, and then with the Carthaginian, and then uh, after the Carthaginian uh, with the Romans. And uh, then uh, with the um, uh, Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, then with the Andalus, which are uh, the south uh, of Spain, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, and of course the heritage of the, all the North African, you know, uh, uh, civilization. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a mix. It's a mix of civilization uh, uh, that what makes it more uh, rich. I mean, our music, you know, uh, uh, and Tunisian music is very, very rich. You got the Oriental uh, spices, you got the the native music of Tunisia, 
you got the, the Andalus music uh, um, uh, heritage, uh, which is, uh, like I said, Andalus are the, the, the people from the south of, uh, uh, of uh, Spain, like Sevilla and Cordoba. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got also the Western music, which comes from uh, Italy and France. You know, we were colonized, you know, many years from, uh, uh, from France in the, in the 50s, I think, or 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you got all this beautiful, you know, mix, uh, and that's why that's why when people they they hear our music, they found these, you know, um, uh, Oriental, let's say, or Middle Eastern sonorities. But uh, we didn't take it from Middle East; they are already, you know, into our cultural right. uh, uh, legacy and heritage. So. Um, uh, we consider ourselves as uh, a blazing desert metal band. That mm-hmm. this name, this name, and this genre that we created with the help of the uh, label Ear Music, our new label Ear Music, right. uh, which is set, settled in the Hamburg and Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and um, because there, there there was a confusion between um, uh, these are Middle Eastern band, Oriental band, or Arabic band, North African band. Okay, let's say we are none of that, you know, and uh, and uh, we are just blazing desert middle. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So the style of Mirath is blazing desert metal style. There you go. So Steve Saylor, who is the listener's name, when you listen to this. We've been corrected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Steve, you got your answer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. You joined the band a little bit after they had uh, started up. Um, yes. Were you a fan of the band previously, uh, before joining the band? I was actually, I, I had another band. I was okay. in another band. I I, uh, uh, I co-formed with another uh, uh, guy you know, another friend of me, mm-hmm. and uh, we formed a band, you know, called Pirenia, like, uh, you know, like the the fish Pirenia, you know, okay. the Amazonian yeah, fish yeah, yeah, Pirenia. Yeah. Okay. So we formed, we formed that band, uh, and uh, I think back into uh, 2003, and uh, after that, uh, I I succeeded in my I got my baccalaureate and uh, I wanted to do fine arts, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had my my you know I had family in uh, Dubai. I had my aunt in Dubai, and she said, "Why not? You can come to Dubai and uh, you know uh, just stay here with us and uh, do whatever what you want, you know. We have very good you know uh, uh, fine art academies here." Right. And I, sp- I spoke with the family, with my family here in Tunisia, and they said, uh, "Oh, anyway, we got good, you know, also good uh, uh, academies here, you know, in fine arts." And uh, but if you want to go to Dubai, so it's your choice, you know. So um, and um, I, I, you know, the rumor, you know, uh, went in the and and the and you know on Facebook, on uh, you know on. Uh, on many many social media, you know, at that time, you know, uh, old social media here in Tunisia, so that I uh, quit my band, you know, for personal reasons, which are studies. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we knew each other, but from you know from far, you know, the okay. my band and and uh, Mirath at that time, 
uh, I knew about the band. I know I know what they are they were doing, but um, I wasn't really interested or you know to join the band at first or something you know like that because I was really focusing on my on my studies. <clears throat> and then I received a call from uh, Ben, which is um, who is uh, the the father of Malik now the guitar player you okay. know. Uh, and uh, and yeah, he told me that uh, hi, I'm Ben. I'm uh, the father of Malik. I'm the manager of uh, Mirath, and I uh, uh, would like to come to your hometown and uh, with uh, Anis, the bass player, and uh, have a couple of beers together, uh, drink something together, and uh, and uh, have a talk. Well, I said okay, and uh, and they came the day after uh, to my hometown. We went out uh, to. Uh, uh, at a near hotel, you know, uh, in, in the city, and uh, we had uh, some beers, you know, and uh, and we spoke about, uh, you know, the probability to join the band uh, uh, Mirath at that time. I told them, you know, about my uh, my not issue but my plans, let's say, mm-hmm. for the future, and. Uh, and uh, then at that time, you know, he convinced me to 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 stay and to do what you already wanted to do. He told me that uh, okay, since many years you you you've been you know doing music, you've been singing, and uh, you know you have the opportunity now to to join a good band and uh, and also to continue your studies here in Tunisia. You know, well, so uh, and he said I would do you know uh, in all my you know. Uh, capacities, you know, to grow, to make that band, you know, uh, uh, um, improve and to grow and, uh, you know, so uh, so he encouraged me, you know, to stay here and for for the main reason is, is Mirath. And uh, the main reason is uh, the love of music and the love of metal. So, uh, so yeah, so I said, okay, uh, and I get back to my, my my mom and dad and said at that time, you know, I said, okay, uh, listen, guys, I would not go to Dubai. I will stay because I had the proposition, you know, to join the band. And uh, <laughs> it was a little bit weird that uh, they didn't convince me, but uh, <laughs> the music convinced me <laughs> to stay. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. I said yes, and I joined the band uh, in 2006-2007, uh, right after... Uh, the recording of uh, the uh, the album Hope. Okay. So the first, uh, my first album with Beareth was the second one, uh, which is uh, Desert Call. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Um, and the the latest album is technically the fifth album by the band. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, was it difficult? For you, when you joined the band, you said they had just released Hope. Was it difficult for you to jump on board and start playing with them with the album just recorded? Or did you feel like you fit in right away? Uh, you mean uh, for for Desert Call album? Yes. Well, you, so essentially between Hope and Desert Call, the, the band hadn't played out or anything or did, did it did they no, just no no jump? no well, when, I, okay. when, I, when I when I when I joined the band I actually sung all the songs of uh, Hope which were uh, sung oh, by okay. which were sung by by Elias the keyboard player right right at the time 
and uh, and yeah, we did a couple of gigs, you know, here in uh, Tunisia. And uh, the first gig was also outside Tunisia, was in France, was in south of France in Marseille, mm-hmm. in uh, Jazz Road, in a, in a venue called Jazz Road. Um, so that was our first, you know, appearance uh, outside Tunisia. And uh, we played Hope, I sang Hope, you know, in totality. And uh, after that, you know, they knew, uh, because the guys, uh, they knew already that uh, uh, I'm a songwriter uh, with my band, with my ex-band, you know, Pirenia. Mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, like one of the three members who uh, uh, were writing, you know, the, the songs. So... Um, so uh, yeah, I, they knew that that, that I have uh, uh, some capacities. Let's say, if I can, if I may say this, you know, to to write good songs. So uh, and good, of course, good choruses and uh, uh, good uh, melodies. So um, so yeah, so so uh, uh, while we were, you know, producing, you know, uh, re, you know, uh, pre-producing, you know, the the album of Desert Call, I was. Uh, uh, totally involved in the writing process, so okay. it was uh, it was very easy task for me, you know, to to uh, uh, to um, uh, you know to to be to be in the in the process, you know, the, of writing with the guys. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And from that time until now, uh, it's the same uh, recipe. We were like uh, uh, three guys uh, or four four guys, you know, and totally. Uh, um, four guys writing, always writing the songs, which are, which are uh, Malik, uh, myself, uh, Elias, uh, and uh, and uh, Kevin Cotford, and then you got the the bass and the, and the, the drum line, the bass and the drum line. They are, um, you know, they they come uh, and, and the last, uh, let's say, uh, uh, the last. Um, uh, not the last row, but they came in, in the last. Uh, um, how to say? I forgot the, how to say it. Um, and the last mission, let's say. Okay. You got you got the the skeleton, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is uh, the the verse and the the the, the bridge and the chorus, mm-hmm. and then you got the arrangement, and after that. Uh, uh, you got uh, the oriental arrangement, and after that you got uh, last but not least you got you know uh, the the drum and the bass line how to uh, incorporate you know uh, uh, themselves into uh, the atmosphere of the of the mm-hmm. composition. So so in other words, you guys tend to record with guitar keys and and your lyrics before incorporating the rhythm section. Yes, yes, gotcha. totally. Okay. Totally. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes there is some uh, exceptions, like for example, uh, mo- like the song "Monster" in my closet in the last and the fifth album, last album, Shihili. For example, it came with the riff. It came. Um, it, it didn't have, for example, uh, a chorus or a, a, a verse. It came only with a principal riff. Uh, and uh, and the drums, so you got drums, drums, guitar riff, and bass. So uh, in the opposite way. So uh, 
sorry, came yeah, it came like that. It's, uh, so we 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 don't calculate, you know, ever, you know, we don't we don't calculate if it comes from the heart and if it's honest, you know, we follow, you know, the the. We follow the process, and uh, and then if we find if it's a good song, so we keep it. If if it's not uh, a very good song, so we try to improve it. And it's if it's a shitty song or bad song, <laughs> so we just throw it in the trash. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. With Shahili, did you guys go into the album wanting to do something different that you hadn't done on previous albums? On the Shahili album, you mean? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, we don't think of that way, you know. We okay. don't think that way. We, like I said, we never, 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 ever calculate. Uh, we try, like I said, we try to to follow our uh, sensations. As I mm-hmm. always say, you know, uh, Mirath is the producer of sensations because it's it's something come it comes from the heart. It's a really, really transparent and true uh, music and and uh, true, you know. Um, uh, composition you know it's not like uh, it's not something like just produced from the factory and just ready you know to the, to, to the audience you know uh, it's really something you know um, it's like the food you know it's made with love so uh, <laughs> when it, when it, when the food made with love so even it's cheap food mm-hmm. if it's made with love you know it's it's gonna be you know awesome it's gonna be fantastic yeah so the music, the music that we do, and uh, that's why I always compare it to food, because I'm a big, huge fan of uh, of uh, cooking. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, when we cook the music, if I, if I may say this, you know, it's you know we cook it on a very, 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 you know, uh, um, how to say, uh, low fire. Uh-huh. So uh, it takes the time, you know, to 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 uh, to grow and to be. Uh, Matured, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, like the like the aged meat. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So, it, uh, at the end, you get something consistent and something, you know, uh, very uh, melodic. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think something coherent. You know, there is a coherence be- be- between between the chorus and between the. Uh, the, the 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 verse and between the main riff uh, and the rhythms and everything you know mm-hmm. because it's because it's something you know um, it's something that comes from the heart and like something that comes from a, a bunch of young people who are sitting in the same room you know and uh, uh, gathering uh, all their ideas together and then trying to to uh, put the puzzle you know in a perfect picture. Gotcha. Okay. And um, when the recording of the album was done and mixed, was there any song off of it that really surprised you once you heard it that maybe it came out a lot better than what you had expected? Uh, yeah, I think um, there is uh, there is few songs, like two or three songs. Um, uh, that really, really surprised me, and so su- surprises us. Uh, uh, for example, um, I remember, I remember "Darkness Arise." We didn't, okay. we didn't think that uh, it would be like this, you know, very powerful, and uh, uh, also it has uh, a melodic, you know, small melodic side. Uh, 
Uh, also, you get um, what else? Uh, you got Monster in My Closet. So for me, is the best song for me. Oh, okay. One of the best for me. One of the three best song in the album, Monster in My Closet. Um, and also, uh, you got uh, uh, I like the ballad in the album, which is uh, uh, Stardust. Okay. I like so much. Uh, for me, it's a surprise also because uh, it uh, it sounds like uh, like a movie soundtrack or something. Right. No, it's not a it's not like uh, you hear a ballad like a, a normal ballad like from a metal a metal band ballad. Mm-hmm. So it sounds it really it really sounds like uh, like a movie soundtrack. Um, what else? I forgot the third one, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but, you know, the, the, the whole album in itself is a surprise, to be honest with you, okay. you know, because uh, it's not it's not the same uh, reaction, uh, because you know, at, at first we were like eight or seven guys, you know, in a hotel room, gathered, like I said, together with our instruments and PCs and uh, sound cards. Uh, and uh, pizza boxes and sandwiches boxes <laughs> and you know uh, uh, pasta boxes you know uh, for uh, one week and a half uh, just you know collecting and gathering all the ideas and uh, uh, trying to improve them and trying to collect them and, and to put the puzzle on you know the pieces mm-hmm. uh, all the pieces together um, and after that uh, Kevin Godford went to France, made the first mix of what we did, uh, and cleaned everything. You know, cleaned all the songs uh, out, cleaned cleaned them. I mean, out of uh, all the the the, the non compatible you know uh, parts, and then he get back to Tunisia for to uh, record with the uh, national you know Tunisian national orchestra. Okay. For the all the uh, North African sonorities and uh, the the Middle Eastern and Oriental, you know, uh, sounds mm-hmm. uh, with the violins and percussions and the flutes and the clarinets, the Middle Eastern clarinets. Um, and uh, after that, he get back to France, rearrange everything, you know, uh, the the Oriental sound with the the Oriental arrangement with the, or with the symphonic arrangement, uh, put them, you know, put all of it together, and um, after that, he went to uh, to Sweden to meet Jens Pogren, one of the best and the biggest, you know, metal producers in the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he produced big bands such as uh, In Flames and Arch Enemy and uh, Dimmy Wardger, uh, many, many, many big names, um, mm-hmm. and Mirath, finally. <laughs> so uh, we had the chance, you know, to, to work together, and he, he was in love with the with the band and with the with the style with the blazing desert metal style um, and uh, and yeah they spent like two weeks in Sweden in his uh, basement in his uh, studio uh, trying to 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 mix and uh, pre-master the the album so uh, so in two weeks they changed they tweaked uh, they uh, you know, they played a little bit with the with the sounds of guitars and uh, with everything. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the the main reason uh, for Kevin to go to uh, Sweden uh, it's to mix and to pre master the album. But uh, with the time, you know, the, the Jens Bergeren had the pleasure. You know, he, he really enjoyed the album. So they they started like a young you know, young kids, you know, playing together and tweaking, you know, the album. So, so he entered into the process of production. So here we got the second producer, which is, who is, uh, uh, Jens Bogren. So like, uh, unconsciously he entered to the process of production. And then Kevin Cotford got the free mastered, uh, album. He went to Hamburg to meet the boss, you know, of ear music, Adele, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Max. He went to Max and he made him listen to uh, the album. He liked the album. He's, he literally, he said it, He said that uh, since 10 years, he didn't have uh, goosebumps while listening to O2 metal record. So he said, I have only one, one you know, one negative point in the album the drums, the sound of the drums. And he said, Kevin, he said, we did it with our, you know, uh, uh, means, you know, with our possible means. Right. Uh, because we didn't have enough money, you know, to, 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 uh, uh, to rent, you know, a professional studio with the professional, uh, um, uh, how to say, like with the high, high, you know, high professional uh, microphones, you know, for the drums and stuff. So we did that in a small studio in France, and uh, and we tried to tweak it with uh, with some um, trigger. You know, we put some trigger, you know, on the drums, you know, to, to make it sound uh, like a, at least like a like a metal metal uh, a good like good good sound to have a good right. sound. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, no problem. We will rent uh, the legendary. Uh, studio in Hamburg, which is called the Chameleon Studio. This is this studio had bands like Alice Cooper, uh, Scorpions, Aldi Miola, uh, and uh, Gamma Ray, many other bands, big big names, you know. So we said, okay, we will rent the, this uh, um, studio and uh, you will be supervised uh, by uh, the young producer uh, uh, Eike Fries, uh, a German young talented songwriter, mixer, and producer, uh, who contributed and collaborated uh, for the last uh, uh, for the last work with uh, um, uh, Alice Cooper and uh, and uh, Deep Purple. Okay. So uh, this guy Eike Fries, a very adorable young man. He was he was uh, uh, the mixer, the third mixer and producer. So the mission, his mission, was only to record the drums. Right. So Morgan, he came, he flew from France to Hamburg, and he re-recorded all the drums with better equipment, uh, with his same uh, drum kit, of course, mm-hmm. but with better equipment with the uh, better uh, uh, microphones and uh, of course with the huge 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 uh, hall made specially for a drum recording right. and um, and Ike Freeze also unconsciously 
So he entered to the process of uh, the production of this album by tweaking some some songs and tweaking some uh, uh, volumes and uh, some sounds, you know, and some EQs and stuff. So uh, so at the end we had three producer, which are Kevin Quatford, Jens Bergren, and Ike Fries for one album. So three three uh, different way of working. Uh, three different sounds, but at the end, you got only one vision, and that's how we got Shahili Records. Excellent. I mean, would you say that Shahili sonically sounds better than any of the album's previous uh, of previously course. released? Yeah. Of course. It's 200%. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for myself, going back and checking out the catalog, I think that was definitely one of the things that stood out to me and and initially i thought you know is this you know when you listen to a band for the first time a lot of times your first in your first impression is almost yeah. always the most important one so yeah. going going cool. back i mean there were songs that i liked going back to the other albums but there's just something yeah. special about this album and i think you explaining that makes total you know total sense to me why yeah, yeah. maybe my ear felt that way, you know, when, when listening to yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, sure. 100%, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. A- another yeah. awesome aspect of the band are the videos. Uh, the first video that I saw was Born to Survive. And the first thing yeah. that really jumped out at me was just looking at that crowd, seeing, you know, how <laughs> many people were actually there. Um, yeah. You know, seeing you guys because to me, and this is just my pure ignorance. Yeah, this um, is this is your first time, so so you you would say, what the hell is going on? Who, yeah, <laughs> how come I, I well, how come I don't know this band? Before? Right, and and then you start. I start to read, and I say, well, this band is from Tunisia. I'm like, wait a second, yeah. you know, this is the first time I've ever heard of a metal band coming from Tunisia as yes. well. And it, it, it makes know. it makes nonsense, you know, <laughs> a metal band from Tunisia, like like. Like camel metal, or uh, I don't know, like a desert metal camel. You know, you only because Tunisia for well for um, a non-Tunisian guy, you know, or or people, they would you know they would imagine you know uh, Tunisia is uh, you know a touristic place uh, right. with uh, uh, very beautiful seasides and mm-hmm. uh, a desert and camels and stuff. You know, so. Uh, so they would never, never imagine a band coming from uh, uh, that, you know, uh, piece of earth. So, right. uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I can, I can understand you. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel yeah. that it was difficult at first because of that to play in Tunisia, maybe with people trying to accept what you were doing, or was there really a lot of fans that wanted metal in Tunisia, so you guys were accepted, you know, almost instantly. Uh, w- you know, we exist since 15 years now, and right. uh, I guess 15 years, in 15 years in your own country, I guess uh, it's enough uh, to to uh, to uh, to make a place uh, crowded, you know, like that. Right. You know, because uh, in this whole career, uh, we um, made how to say we. Um, I know that we don't have enough or too much, too many, you know, fans uh, in the world like big uh, big names like Metallica or Rammstein or whatever. Right. 
but in in uh, in Tunisia we are like um, we are like 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 Metallica and USA let's say like right. this you know okay. because we are and maybe more because we are the only band that really really representing uh, the the uh, North African and the Tunisian right. metal to the whole world mm-hmm. you know there are some good bands also in Tunisia there are uh, uh, you know bands that, that they are trying to to follow the same path of Mirath and uh, they are doing a good job and uh, also there is uh, the first I would say the first um, uh, label metal label in Tunisia which is uh, Dark Side Records okay. and he's ex- ex- exp- uh, how to say um, and they are uh, um, you know uh, coming, you know, from Tunisia to uh, to be open to the to the whole world, you know. I mean, they are now they have uh, uh, they have the office an office in uh, Europe, mm-hmm. which is a very very good thing, and they are doing a good job by inviting you know good bands, big bands like Epica, like uh, Dark Tranquility to Tunisia, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, trying to uh, improve the metal scene in Tunisia. So. So yeah, so things are going very, very good, you know, since uh, since Mirath, ex, uh, you know, exported to the to the Western world mm-hmm. and to the international scene, and um, and yeah, and and um, uh, uh, talking about the fans uh, about uh, Born to Survive, that song, uh, yeah. Born to Survive was taken from the DVD, uh, which will come out in uh, September. Okay. Um, uh, and it was played in uh, the Roman Amphitheater of Carthage. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, uh, in the International Festival of Carthage. So that was the first time in the history of the festival that they programmed uh, a band, a metal band, in cool. the program. They put, you know, a metal band in the program. Yeah. And uh, you saw the crowd. Uh, like 8,000 people in the amphitheater and uh, it was not only metalheads there were metalheads there were you know uh, um, you know old uh, women and old uh, men and uh, even women with scarves and I, and the radio in the local radio I said I think we converted you know uh, uh, women women with the scarves to, to metal and that's something very good you know, so, so yeah, so, so this is something really, really happened, you know, like spontaneously, we didn't ask, you know, people to come or we didn't, you know, collected, you know, people or gathered people, you know, to, to make it uh, look like crowdy or something, you know, right. uh, it it was spontaneously, you know, it's spontaneous. Like I said, we, we exist since 15 years now, you know, we don't need to, to make it look like crowded or something like this. (laughs) <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, you have some other great videos off of the album, which is obviously a continuation of something that you yes. started with previous albums. The sequel. Yeah. yeah. It, it amazed me because putting out great videos like this is almost like a lost art where a lot of bands, for due to maybe financial situation or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. aren't able to release videos like this. But... What's the inspiration behind putting these videos together? And do you guys as a band have a lot of say in what appears in the videos? 
Uh, actually, um, talking about the money invested in the videos, yes, it was. We had a lot of money, you know, coming from our uh, shows that we okay. did, you know, and that, uh, uh, for example, in the whole career of uh, of Mirat, we didn't like uh, receive uh, like uh, uh, an income for everyone uh, for our. Uh, for our gigs and our show, when we do it, we did them, for example, uh, with uh, supporting uh, other bands or uh, by playing, for example, in some festivals. Uh, the money that we got, you know, uh, the few money that we got, we put them in the, uh, in the we call it the Mirath box. Right. So uh, we put the money in that box and we collect it. And then when, it, when the right time comes so we have enough money to invest it in in uh, in what is uh, very important to the band which are the the music videos or the production of uh, of uh, of an album or something like that mm-hmm. so uh, so every one of us has his own day job you know right. and uh, and and the, and the money that comes from the band goes into the band gotcha that's it. And that's that's how we survived. <laughs> you know, for a band coming from nowhere mm-hmm. and until now, and uh, uh, hopefully, you know, for, with our fifth album signed with a major ear music, uh, thank, uh, really, 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 I want to thank these wonderful people because since uh, two years they were just, you know, following us from far and right. they believed in us and they signed us. And of course, uh, there is a huge, huge contribution uh, with our producer, Kevin Gottfried, who believed in us, you know, since the beginning, working with us without any income, you know, without money. Right. Nothing, not zero. So he worked with us, he produced with us, he mixed everything, you know, the, all the old albums and, the, and the, even the, the new, new one without having any cent. You know, so it's really, really rare, you know, to find a right. producer like that and say, because we don't, we don't consider him like as a producer. So it's like a brother, you know, we are, we are like brothers in the band. So he's uh, one of the brothers. So um, this, this is a family. It's not only, you know, it's not only five members, you know, you got the, the you got the musicians, you got the producer and you got the, even the wife of the producer and uh, our friend, uh, Ayman Jawadi is a friend of ours, you know, since many years who contribute also to write the lyrics uh, with us, you know. Uh, the main lyrics are written by uh, uh, our friend Eamon Jawedi and uh, Perrin Perez Fuentes, uh, who is the wife of our producer. And, uh, and of course, uh, by my supervision, you know, uh, with, with the, for, for, for the lyrics and for the theme, uh, themes and uh, the subjects. Right. And, um, and, uh, and as you see, you know, we, we are... Like a family, you know. So it's not it's not it's not like uh, there is only one person who compose or who write music, and uh, there is another person who write uh, lyrics or something. It doesn't work like that. It works like really like a, a family job, you know. Gotcha. So okay. so uh, so yeah. So um, I forgot your question. <laughs> what was it? what was the question really? Well, the the <laughs> last part that you didn't answer uh, from the question was how much. Does the band have input when it comes to creating these videos? 
uh, you mean money? Uh, no, uh, just uh, artistically, like saying, well, you know, I'd like this to happen in the video or I'd like something else to happen in the video. Is that yeah. something that you guys... It depends. It, dep yeah. it, depends, on the, it depends on the money, buddy. Because, okay. uh, uh, because if you got the money so you can do whatever what you want, and especially <laughs> right. with the CGI and, the, you know, the 3D, you know, uh, the, the chroma key and stuff, so you can mm -hmm. do whatever what, what you want. Uh, if you have enough money, and if you don't have enough money, so you would do something. Uh, uh, I would not say less creative, but uh, right. like for now, for instance, we are preparing to shoot the video "Monster in My Closet" in Tunisia. It will be not in 3D. It will be not in the same quality of uh, uh, the two or the three, you know, uh, CGI 3D uh, uh, previous uh, video music video. Right. Mm -hmm. It would be like uh, very, very, very normal, <laughs> very normal <laughs> music video, like uh, like any other band on earth could do a normal video. Uh, because of the money, because we didn't have enough money, because we invested all the money now left in uh, the, our shows. You know, you know that we have a dancer from Georgia. We had uh, uh, we had. Uh, Two pyro uh, guys, you know, we call them the Dragon uh, Brothers, um, <laughs> and uh, you can see the videos and the, and the, uh, on YouTube and the last uh, concert we did in Sweden Rock, right? And uh, maybe you're not uh, informed about that, but in Sweden Rock, when we played like like three weeks ago, I think uh, we came to play. Uh, at five, five o'clock of the day. Okay. Uh, uh, in a small tent with four thousand people, and you know, in Sweden Rock, they had like uh, five stages. So right. you got uh, the main stage, the main two stage. You know, uh, they the capacity were like thirty-five thousand people, mm -hmm. and they have. Uh, uh, two other sec second stage, I mean the the third and the fourth stage, the capacity of people was were um, uh, was um, let's say fifteen to twenty thousand people. Okay. And uh, the last stage was was a sm small tent and a small small stage with a capacity of four thousand people. So we went there. Uh, um, at five o'clock of the day to play, and we played and we made our show, uh, one hour, you know, concert, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then we we finished the show. We congrat congratulated each other, you know, we hugged each other. We were very satisfied because we, we made a big show, and uh, just after ten minutes or like fifteen minutes, you got the promoter, the manager of the festival, the promoters. Uh, and some assistance uh, of the festival, of the promoter and the, the, the big boss of the festival, who came to the tent and the backstage. And uh, they say, congratulations, we really like, liked your show. And, uh, and uh, we, um, uh, how to say, uh, the, the manager of the festival, he said, I received many videos coming from my assistants. They were present in the show. And uh, I really, really, really find your show is like a, a, a top, fine, uh, 
professional, you know, show. So, would you mind to play another uh, gig today? <laughs> so, so we said, uh, yeah, why not? We are ready. So he said, look, the story is that the band Behemoth, you know, the metal, the black metal band Behemoth yeah. from Poland, they had an issue. Uh, uh, of flights in Hamburg, so they are stuck in Hamburg and the, they cannot come to uh, close the festival and to headline the festival. So would you mind to be the headliners of the 2019 Sweden Rock Fest <laughs> and to close the festival? Right. And we said, of course. <laughs> we said <laughs> right. yes. He said. He said. I, I have a list of 10 other bands, but we put you on the number one, on the top, because uh, you had a really, really, really good show, and you spend a lot of money. It looks like you spend a lot of money on the show, and you deserve a bigger and second chance. Wow. So, so what we did, the people, they were uh, uh, attending at uh, half past eight of the night, They were attending um, to uh, uh, to Richie Blackmore uh, concert, right. and after Richie Blackmore concert, normally uh, they were expecting Behemoth mm -hmm. concert. So when the the Richie Blackmore concert is finished, all this crowd of thirty thousand people, or maybe a little bit less, they came to the uh, opposite. Uh, Uh, stage, right? And they were normally expecting Behemoth. So there were uh, two guys who went out on the stage before we start, uh, and they explained the problem of Behemoth. They were stuck in Hamburg, uh, and uh, and they explained to them that this band comes very a small band comes from Tunisia. They made a very very extraordinary show in the tent, and we think that they deserve a second chance to play and to put their show on a bigger stage because this is their real place. Mm -hmm. And and all the people, we expected like a boo from uh, from the crowd. <laughs> and right. uh, it's the opposite that happened. The opposite that happened, uh, the, they, all, the, all the crowd, they screamed, you know, so high that uh, I was really, really freaking out, like really afraid, <laughs> you know. Right. So, so, yeah, and uh, finally... We, we headlined the festival and we closed the festival and it was an amazing, an amazing impact on the image of the uh, of uh, Mira and uh, uh, a huge impact also uh, on the promotion of the band, you know, mm -hmm. because all the media, all the Swedish and all the Scandinavian, you know, uh, region was talking about that. And even it, it impacted our placement in uh, uh, vacant open air because we were supposed to play in Wacken, we were supposed to play at 11 of the morning right in the in the rock and roll stage i think it's a, it's a tent also but it's like it's 15000 people tent you know mm -hmm. it's a big huge tent in Wacken open the mighty legendary Wacken open air fest so we're supposed to play at 11 uh, of the morning and now we will play at half past nine or nine uh, or nine o'clock of the night. Wow. So we will headline, we will headline 
uh, that stage in that day. Excellent. So, so could you imagine the impact yeah, of absolutely. what happened in Stephen Rock on the rest of the of the whole, you know, career? So, it's wow. um, amazing. Yeah. So going back, <laughs> sorry, I talk too much. <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> so fine. Go, <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, these are very important. I think these are very important stories for 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 uh, for the people and for the fans and for sure. even the people. And the, uh, and the metalheads, they are discovering the band for the first time. I think this, like, it's happened only in the fairy tales, you know. Right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, I agree. So yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, besides. So uh, uh, concerning the 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 video, going yes. back to the videos, we, uh, as I said, uh, if we, we have enough money, we can do. You know, whatever what you want to do. But in this, for example, in the two videos, music videos that we made um, uh, with the Believer and uh, Dance and uh, No Holding Back, right. with CGI CGI technique, with uh, chroma key and uh, with the uh, 3D, you know, technique, um, we had all the possibilities to do whatever what we wanted to do. Um, so yeah, it was easy because uh, it fits. Really right, you know. I mean, the technique fits right uh, with our, uh, you know, uh, conception and our, with our, you know, uh, uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it was like in real life, like if it was shooted in real life, shoot, uh, shot or shot. Uh, if it was right. shot in real life, uh, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, possible because uh, it's not like uh, uh, 3D technique. You know, it's, everything is possible. And in real life, it's, uh, it, it demands a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot more, lot of money. You know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Vakin. What other um, uh, festivals or shows do you have planned out going forward? Uh, you mean in the future? Yes. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, uh, we have uh, World uh, Festival. World Music Festival. World is uh, the world is the name of the uh, Japanese uh, label, our okay. Japanese label. Uh, it's um, how to say. Uh, it's a distribution label right. in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, and this label have. Uh, mm, I, um, I think, um, in my humble uh, knowledge, uh, I'm. I think they have. Uh, also Dream Theater and uh, many other big bands with them. Um, and they have uh, Beast in Black, they have Hammerfall, uh, they have uh, the Japanese, uh, you know, very old and uh, famous uh, band uh, called Loudness. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, yeah, so this uh, label created his own festival, which is called Ward uh, uh, Music. Uh, words music, or maybe um, I hope I'm spelling it right. Um, and uh, we will do it do two shows, uh, co-headlining with uh, uh, with uh, Hammerfall. Okay. Uh, and uh, there will be also uh, loudness, and there will be uh, uh, the band of uh, Rooney Romero, the okay. the actual singer of. Uh, uh, Richie Blackmore now. Right. Uh, it's another band. I forgot actually the the the, the name of his uh, project, but uh, he will be there for sure. And okay. uh, and and uh, Beast and Black also they will play. Uh, and um, 
we will do also after Japan, after Japan in September, in November, we will play, uh, we will do a tour as a special guest with uh, Beast in Black and their European tour. Okay. So we will be, uh, we will be like co-headlining in uh, the French, French uh, territory and, uh, and the other European territory we will be as, as a special guest. Gotcha. Okay. And if people want to keep up with what the band is up to, is there one spot that you want them to go to? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? What, yeah, what yeah. do you prefer? We have, we have um, uh, Instagram and we have uh, Facebook. And we have the uh, official channel of uh, YouTube, of course. And, uh, and, uh, um, and of course, Mirath.com. Uh, so uh, MirathBand.com, our website. Uh, they can go and check uh, everything they want to, to to know about the band and about the history of the band and about the, the news of the band and uh, the new stuff coming uh, in the future, of course. So, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shahili, the latest album by Mirath. Wanna help? Wanna help? Yeah. Wanna thank <laughs> uh, Zahir for coming on and spending so much time with me uh, to talk about the band. Wanna also thank Amy over at Adam Splitter who helped set everything up. 
And man, this album has a lot of cool stuff. I, I just want to play you some sound samples of just things that really, you know, really caught my attention with this. And and I fucked up. I mentioned that I played dance previously. I played Born to Survive on the other episode. Um, here's a quick sound sample of of the track Dance. song that i think is really cool is a track called lily twill let's check that out a little bit Just sick musicianship all over this album. And the melodies, like I said, and harmonies and everything are just so cool. You know, that song, Lily Twill, Dance, um, No Holding Back, Born to Survive. These are all songs that at different times since the album has come out have been stuck in my head. And this is another one. I mean, the entire album is strong beginning to end. And uh, and this is the next to last song I want to check out because we're going to end on Monster in the Closet, which is something that Zahir talked about during the interview. And this is You've Lost Yourself.
playing pieces of these songs because I really want you to check the album out and help support the band. Uh, again, I think the album is very strong beginning to end and please, you know, again, check Shahili out and go back and check out their, you know, hopefully the interview helps you, <laughs> you know, want to check out the rest of the band's catalog. Um, but yeah, so I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Remember, you can follow me on social media. Go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You'll find links at the top and the bottom of the page to all the social media stuff. Uh, you'll also find links to how to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, the straight-up RSS if you want to just subscribe that way. So there's a ton of different ways that you can check the show out. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. And, and I really want to thank all of you people that have been listening to the show. I want to thank everyone uh, from Mark Striegel's Patreon, who I, I post on that almost every day. I throw questions up. I throw a bunch of different things up. And, um, and on Fridays, I always post a question asking people what they've been listening to, what podcasts they're listening to, what shows they're going to, you know, things like that. And that's open to the public. So if anyone who's listening to this wants to chime in and let people know, Say, hey, man, I'm checking out, in this case, hey, I'm checking out Marath Shahili. Uh, or if there's something else that you're checking out or, you know, something that you haven't listened to before or revisited or whatever. doesn't matter when it came out. Just the point is to share your your love for music and share it with other fans and have people check it out. You know, that's 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 the bottom line, basically. So... In any event, thank you for listening, and we're going to leave you with a little monster in my closet off of Shahili by Marath. See ya!
Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 